Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast presents Dairy Goat Awareness Week. This week, John and Danielle will be bringing you extra content to celebrate everyone's favorite animal, dairy goats. We're bringing dynamic content with new guests. Monday is Advocacy with Sandra Kaufman. Tuesday, Ask Us Anything, 100th episode. Wednesday, Youth and Dairy Goats with Alicia Bowen. Thursday, What's in a Herd Name with some past guests. And we wrap it up Friday with Dairy Goat Photography with Bob Bartholomew. Happy Dairy Goat Awareness Week, everyone. Let's get it started. Promote the goat. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. It's our 100th episode, and I'm here with Danielle Caroli. What's How up? are you? I'm, What's going I'm on? Great. Congratulations, 100 episodes. Well, congratulations to you as well. I mean, we wouldn't be yeah, here without I you. Just, well, thank you, but I just kind of showed up after, you know, the groundwork was laid, and there's, you know, I'm only a few episodes in. You're actually at a hundred <laughs> well i have like a little like cute little speech if i can uh go ahead and read that off real quick as long as it's a speech yeah i'll, I'll try not to cry yeah there's not gonna be any lord of the rings clips or anything like that don't worry well i was expecting sound <laughs> i was expecting that soundboard to be working by now but maybe for episode <laughs> 200 we'll get it going perhaps um so here here it goes okay so anyway um most of the listeners here uh, know the origin story of the podcast. Uh, here's the cliff note version in, in summer 2020. I was missing dairy goat shows that were canceled because of COVID and I miss my friends. Um, and I was able to talk Nate Funk into starting the podcast with me and, and we hit the ground running. So for 76 episodes, Nate helped build the show. Uh, when Nate stepped down, I asked Danielle here to join me on this adventure. She must be glutton for punishment, but I'm thankful she agreed. Uh, The show has done nothing but soar from that point on, and I'm forever indebted to Nate and Danielle for helping grow and cultivate Ringside to what it is today. So I've I've spoken with amazing breeders and industry leaders of dairy goats, thanks to Ringside and thanks to Danielle and Nate, Uh, some of whom these people... uh, I probably would have never gotten to sit down with and chat uh, without this platform. This show has been with me for my first grand champion win with with an Oberhasli, uh, my oh, first oh. finished champion, <laughs> the birth of my daughter, that's the most important one, uh, and health scares with my wife and everything in between. And And everybody's seen me at my highest and lowest, and I'm forever forever grateful that everyone has been there to cheer me on and us on and lift me up when I was down. Um, Daniel, I, I don't think people realize the time commitment this thing is, and I want to publicly thank you for your hard work week in and week out. You've seen my vision and made it our vision and made it even better. Your hard work doesn't go unnoticed, and I truly thank you for being one of my dearest friends, and you really are family. Uh, I'm proud of you and can't wait to see where we take this thing. So to you, Danielle, Nate, and the community, thank you. 
Here's to 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more. And then some. No, that was that was really sweet. And I'm so grateful to be part of this vision and part of this community and allowed to help ringside grow and soar and ultimately take, you know, be a part of what you set out in 2020 to do and see that vision through. And so I'm so first of all, I mean, even as a listener, you know, that this podcast helped a lot in the truck when I was driving around in 2020 with not much going on and 2021. <laughs> and then now on my commutes back and forth to my barn and it just and seeing kind of where we are and meeting people, you know, maybe not quite the same as you, because I feel like everybody, you know, I'm I'm the less approachable one, as we've talked about off air, but um, <laughs> you know, still, still meeting people and, and just connecting with goats. And I think the podcast just really helps us to do that. And plus, at least once a week, we're talking with people about what we both love so dearly. So I am just so grateful to be a part of it, too. So thank you to you. And truly, hats off for well, we won't count this one as an amazing an amazing episode yet, but 99 <laughs> amazing episodes and hopefully 100 once we have this one published as well. Yeah, well said. Thank you. Um, and I didn't yeah. realize, it's so funny because, yeah, but like I didn't realize Alice was born while this podcast was a thing. Oh, yeah. We had uh, Tony Thompson on. Uh, oh, that's to t- right. To talk about, uh, and you know what's funny is I believe – I want to like, I can't remember. I think it came, that episode came out the day Alice was born. We recorded it like a couple days prior and it came out the day Alice was born. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Let me just, I'm just going to see when that one was recorded. I'm going to dairygoatpodcast.com and <laughs> <laughs> going back through our past episodes and just seeing well, let's while see. you're looking that up um you know i did listen to i was cleaning out my barn today and i did listen to our first episode and like it was a fun episode and it was great but man the quality has like <laughs> from where it started to where it is now it's like night and day it's crazy i mean i mean obviously nate and i just kind of thrusted ourselves in it and didn't know what we were doing at first but yeah <laughs> The quality has done nothing but gone up. Well, and I mean, it's learning as we go and the work that people don't realize that goes into the podcast. I mean, particularly with editing, um, John saved me a few times, even in yesterday's episode, I had a little snafu and he edited it out and made it seem seamless. I mean, there's a few times where he's cut out my rant and save the listeners from some crazy little ramble. Uh, I don't know. There's there's been a few times that, you know, I mean, we're not going to talk about the fact that you didn't make me sound good when I was singing, but you know, (laughs) I don't think all of the autotune in the world would have helped with that one. (laughs) Danielle quit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Don't worry. I think you're stuck with me. Um, that podcast with Tony Thompson aired 10-25-2020. So was that Alice's birthday? Uh, the day after. Cool. Very How much so. 
What's yeah? I mean, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> we made a post, Daniel, um, on our on our Facebook page saying, "Hey, uh, we're going to do a, a question and answers uh, episode for the hundredth episode, which is awesome." And we got quite a few questions um, from the community, and I think we're just going to kind of go through them all. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to cover before we go ahead and, and answer some of these crazy questions? The only thing I guess I should say is, like we said yesterday, happy National Dairy Goat Awareness Week. I mean, I know we just kicked this off celebrating, you know, 100, but we are in the middle of National Dairy Goat Awareness Week. And as always, just encourage you to promote the goat. Perfect. That's going to be your first tattoo. Promote the goat. Listen, I think we've had this conversation off air, but um, my mentor, Kim Kardashian. um, (laughs) No, No. Um, I I make my men get tattoos in my name. Yeah, exactly. But my body is like a Bentley. We don't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. So um, no tats for me. Uh, Okay. Well, I guess I'm just over here. Yeah, Volkswagen Rabbit, I guess. <laughs> you drive you drive the Prius and uh, you're drag racing in the Prius? Yep. Yeah. About as red you don't win as you very often. Get. No, I never win. It's such as <laughs> life. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll pick a random question. Oh, I'm going to pick the first one that just stood out to me as I was scrolling through. Oh, uh, shoot. So Ashley wants to know, how much coffee is consumed on a show day, Danielle? Well, if this wasn't the Ask Us Anything episode, I would definitely continue to play the fifth. I will say that I did measure last week while I was away judging, and my answer was not enough. Um, But no, no, I think I had – so I did scare the judge I was with. I was judging with uh, Bob Bartholomew, and we were at the same hotel – and I said, okay, we were going to the show, but I got to stop first and get coffee. So I came out of Starbucks with a cup of a cold, a cold brew cup. And then I had my 30 ounce Yeti filled with um, coffee as well and iced latte. So there was probably, Mm, probably like 50 ounces of coffee between the two of them. I mean, one was a cold brew, so has a different kind of caffeine than a latte does. And the latte probably didn't have quite as much caffeine because it's espresso versus, um, you know, cold brew or a regular cup of coffee. But anyway, I digress. So, um, but that was actually probably a slow show day caffeine (laughs) for me. I, I will say, I think my record probably was, about probably like 60 ounces of like iced coffee maybe a little bit so i mean listen in my yeti there's always room for ice so (laughs) yeah yeah no that's fine uh i tried to become a coffee connoisseur a couple weeks ago when i was selling a kid i drove out to the place and dropped off the kid and made the transaction and when I was leaving, I was like, oh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts right down the road here. So I go in and I <laughs> I text you guys. I'm like, I'm stopping at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, woo. And uh, 
I get there and there's just so much to look at. I'm like, I mean, it's so much easier to be a fat guy that likes donuts because you're like, ooh, that one's pretty. Let me get that. But then it's like the coffee and I'm like, I don't even remember what I ordered. Um, I think you ordered an iced cappuccino and you thought it was going to be sweeter than it was. Yeah. You ordered a plain iced cappuccino yeah, without any I, of the <laughs> Nothing. So I, I order it. And I'm like, ooh, this looks pretty. This is great. So then I get into my truck and I take a sip and I was like, no, 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 no. So then, of course, I got yelled at by you and Grace Toy um, for not knowing the differences between the coffee. And I think it was Grace. It was like gave me the breakdown of no, every single was type me. of coffee. That was oh, was it you? Was, yes. Listen, oh, I know okay. she is normally the one, you know, providing TED Talks, but that was my TED Talk. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you laid it all down to like specifics. I was oh, like, exactly. holy cow. You know, she, she covered the hot coffee, the cold coffee, the cold brews, the everything in between. It was crazy. I was like, you, uh, are you like a store manager for a Dunkin' Donuts, like behind the scenes? No, I just, like I said <laughs> earlier today, again, off podcast, I have a bit of a coffee problem but i mean to the point where i don't think i told you but i got a text message from someone and they were they're like i haven't tried this yet but i feel like this is the official snack of ringside and it was a cafe latte snack bar and they're like it's perfect because you love coffee and john loves snacks and so this is this is the ringside this should be the official ringside uh snack choice so i'll have to try it out i know they were supposed to let me know if it was good or not and i haven't seen it in store to pick it up and try it out but um Hmm. it is fitting so (laughs) all right well let's uh let's move to the next question you're up all right um so ryan t asked do you have a list of people you'd like to get on the show do you want to go first or you want me? You can go, f- go for it. Go for it. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I mean, we have, so we have people that we've spoken to and just the stars haven't aligned for us yet. So we do have some cool people that we've spoken to and, um, you know, kind of just waiting for things to calm down. Usually, a lot of times it seems like the fall to uh, winter months are always the best to try to like nail down some of those heavy hitters. Not that we haven't had heavy hitters on before. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I would love to sit down and talk with uh, Dr. Laura Acton. That would be cool. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many people in our industry. It's like, Oh, I want to talk to this person. This person It's like, I, I get like a dog that sees a squirrel. I'm like squirrel. And I'm just like, you know, so I get pulled all over the place, but yeah, I mean, I definitely do have a list of, people that I'm interested in speaking with and, and even some of our past guests, I'm like, Oh, I want to get them back on and talk again. Right. And kind of a behind the scenes, little sneak peek into how ringside operates. We have a joint um, document that we kind of have our calendar and we try and we've been pretty good about planning about a month, two months in, in advance and making sure our guests were lined up for that. But then at the bottom of our calendar, we have kind of the next people who we want to contact or maybe 
the people we want to have on, but we just don't quite have the right topic for them yet. So we kind of have our inspiration of guests that we would like to have on, maybe the timing that would be better. So for instance, um, you know, there's a top 10 herd on the list that consistently has animals in the top 10. We might want to have them on right around the time that those top 10 numbers go out. So um, we do have, I mean, the list is probably, it's a pretty extensive list and we try to use that as inspiration and figure out where we can fit them in, but this way, or even topics as well of, I mean, there's a few things we were like, oh, this would be cool to cover. And we just either haven't found the right guest or timeline wise, we're not quite in the right season of it um, to have them have this topic covered. So we kind of have this working document that we fill in guests when we need them. And um, we try and kind of have it set so that this way our guests know they're coming on pretty, um, you know, as far in advance as we can do it. And then um, also we tend to kind of record a couple of days before we air so that this way John has time to edit and um, it works with our schedule too. So we do have a list and we're kind it's exciting what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, I agree. Like it's, you know, we're always looking forward, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, before like, to be honest, like when we first started this podcast, it was like, okay, we got that episode. What next? Like, what are we doing next week? And now it's like, all right, we got this, 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 and this. Okay, what else can we? Okay, now we're scheduling into uh, July and September. You know that type of deal. So it's it's awesome. I love it. Um, let me see. What am I gonna ask? Uh, oh, okay. What is something you make sure you always have uh, at every show that people wouldn't think of? So I'm thinking this question means besides coffee. <laughs> yeah like do you have like anything that you take and you're like uh, oh i forgot this this is my day shot so besides coffee besides coffee um i do highly recommend making sure you have banamine um it seems that i usually pack it in my tack box and that's probably one of the meds i always carry even if it's just a quick show you know an hour away Um, And then it always seems that when I don't have it in my trailer, I need it. So that is always a good one because if the goat's not feeling well for whatever reason, um, you, uh, it helps to just kind of have that. So this way you can just kind of even handle the stress of going home from a show too, if it somehow injured itself on the trailer or maybe spiked a slight fever, Banamine will help with that as well. So I do recommend carrying banamine and then um, zip ties. Zip ties can save you from so many things. So those are my things that I try and make sure, you know, maybe not anything crazy and exciting and there's no pull back the curtain and see some crazy thing. Like (laughs) I don't even know what it would be, but um, try and just prepare. Yeah, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. What about you? Uh, Tierney's master list of stuff that we need to bring to the show. Um, so that way we can check it off when we're unpacking as well, um, which will add that master list to uh, the ringside website. Uh, there you go. Podcast.com. Um, I'm going to send that to Danielle and uh, 
shortly, you know, it might take a little bit cause we're getting ready for nationals and everything. Uh, but you know, yeah, we'll, we'll add that on there. So, cause I know a bunch of people have asked for it. So we'll add that on. Awesome. Yeah. We'll put it under our resource tab as something you can download and have access to. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. You're up. All right. All right. Let's go to this question next. So would Danielle be more likely to add an Oberhosley to her herd or would John be more likely to add a Nubian? What are your thoughts um, on that? You misread that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't misread it. Siri miswrote it. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to read what... I'm going to read what it originally says as written here, and then you can reread the question after we get our good laugh. Okay. Sounds good. So the question, as it's written here in front of my eyes, folks, is would Danielle be more likely to add an over Hosley? Or would John, with an H, be more likely to add a new man? Well. Um, So I I would say that I don't know what an over Hosley is, but Danielle would definitely be adding an over Hosley. Over your new man. Over my new man. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm taken. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was adding to this note and doing talk to text, and like probably all good goat farmers know, sometimes Siri does not understand. Usually oh, she's, she's been terrible good. lately. She's been bad lately, but usually she's pretty good and catches my, um, you know, my doe and bucks and all those things but for some reason Oberhosley and Nubian just threw her for a loop today (laughs) Um, so the question that was supposed to be added to this list was would Danielle be more likely to add an Oberhosley or would John be more likely to add a Nubian so even though you diverted and tried to (laughs) with not answering what do you think the answer to this question is um I would well I think that you secretly like Oberhosley. Um, you know, I I see you when you see a good Oberhosley, like you I've seen you just like kind of like point it out. And I don't know if it's just because I'm an Oberhosley breeder, so you're like, "Ooh, John." But uh, I feel like there's a little bit more excitement um than I have for Nubians now. I will say because I have a young daughter, and those darn Nubians have those cute floppy ears, and those kids are irresistible. I would have to say that I would probably be I would probably be more likely to get a Nubian because of Alice, where you have no pressure right now as far as what breeds you have, and I don't think you will be adding anything in the future as far as that goes. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe maybe you secretly want to Oberhosley. I love how you try and blame your poor daughter for... I blame somebody. <laughs> but I was going to say, I mean, that's a kind of a cute answer. We'll go with that. But I was going to say the answer to this question is easy. If you look at your papers, you already have some Nubian in your barn. So um, yeah. I feel like that's easy. John would be more likely to add a Nubian because... He's already, you know, there's some Nubian represented in his barn already. Yeah. We just love her. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't worry, everyone. I get the message um, as, I guess, the representative of the Nubian breeders in um, 
I get the message that says the goat's in heat. This is your fault. So yeah. and then <laughs> get some video of her screaming. But um, yeah, yep. Well, you know, know, she's 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 just the best. Um, hmm. Okay. So wait, but do do you like Oberhasli at all? Like, would you oh, ever no. add it? Listen, I love a good dairy goat, and I appreciate a good dairy goat. <laughs> Darn you! Wait, wait to skirt that question. Okay, I'll allow it. Um. Ooh. All right. What was something you learned as a result of the of a guest on the podcast? Um. I. Oh. This is a good one. And it is a really good one. I don't necessarily know if I have like an answer answer to this, but I will say that when we're picking guests, we tend to try and cover topics that we're interested in and things we want to learn about. So I don't necessarily know if I have like one concrete aha moment that I've gotten from one of the guests, but I do say know that like I think about how my breeding plans may be changing this year. And I kind of think back to the episode with Mark Baden where we talked about a lot of how to use the data on those. Oh, uh, oh nice. This is why it was good. You <laughs> asked this question and I answered first. Um, so I think I'm just waiting for kind of a rainy slow day which probably won't happen but um to kind of start laying down the data that I have access to and to see if that'll actually do much in changing my breeding plans um I think that's probably something I mean the transportation episode with Tar Valley just learning about kind of the inner workings of that all was something I didn't even really realize of how intensive a process it is to transport goats um, on the ground across the country. And so kind of gained a new found appreciation for those transporters out there. Um, But yeah, I think ultimately for me, when we try and find guests, I try and find people like we, when we start kind of throwing out guests, I always try and, brainstorm people who I want to learn from. And so, and I mean, realistically, we write questions that we want to, you know, obviously we hope the listeners get something out of it as well, but I want to know the answer to these questions more than, you know, sorry guys. I know that we do podcasts so you guys can listen, but like most of the time we're asking questions because we want to know the answers as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had a couple episodes where we've talked about topics that uh, were um, I almost said customer based, uh, listener based. Uh, but for sure, like we definitely say, Oh, what's relevant now? What, what, what are we thinking about this time of year? That type of deal. Um, I did enjoy since you took my Mark baited one. Um, I always enjoy when we have, um, Dr. Kurt Schnipke on, I always love sitting down with him and talking. Um, I also really enjoyed, uh, the, how about, those Guernseys with Joan Stump. I learned a ton about the breed. Um, you know, I knew quite a bit of what she was saying beforehand because uh, we've I've spoken with her numerous times. Um, but it was really cool to have that recorded and, and you know, in the archives forever. Um, so that's really cool. Um, you know, I can't really pinpoint 
something that like I learned more from besides that. Um, I, of course, I'm always learning with every guest that we have and episode that we make. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's probably my answer for that. Cool, cool. Um, am I next? Yeah, I guess you asked that. I'm going to try and steal a I second that. question. Yeah. I always do that. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Let's see. Um, all right. So Faith asks, when does it make more sense for a herd, or I guess most sense, for a herd to participate in performance programs such as DHIR and linear appraisal? So what's your take on that question? Well, I think for like linear appraisal, um, if you can get your herd appraised when you start breeding and, you know, have, you know, a year or two under your belt, um, go for it. So that way you can get kind of a baseline. So the next time it comes around to you, you can see the improvements that you're making from where you started. Um, milk test, you know, I think, uh it depends on what you want from your herd and uh, you know, if you want to get that data and, you know, earn milk stars and all that deal, um, then go for it. Uh, I don't think being new should be a reason for it to hold you back. If you have the time and you want to dedicate that to that, go for it. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's my answer for that. So my answer is slightly different. I think when it should be that these resources are available and these performance programs are available and I encourage people to do them, to learn more about them, and it definitely will better your herd. But you can also kind of take advantage of some of the things within, let's say, linear appraisal without actually participating. Um so, for instance, you can find someone local and ask if you can go and watch an appraisal. And that might be the first step to kind of learning about the program and kind of let you dip your toes into the water. And that might be the best thing for you if you're just starting out. And sometimes the numbers and the data just it's overwhelming and it might not necessarily help you figure out what's going on within your herd. It could very well help train your eye, but until you really understand, all right, what is, what is dairy strength? What, you know, what is an ideal rump width? And what is an, let's see, even with the rump, like what is a rump supposed to look like? And when they're saying, oh, this one has a high dorsal process, what does that mean? There is the educational component of linear appraisal, but sometimes the numbers can be very, very scary at first. So, um, and they just, you know, the appraisals, appraisers will walk you through it, but when they're throwing out 20, 30, 33, 40, you know, 40s and things like that, sometimes if you're not quite in the right space to really evaluate what those numbers mean, you're not ready for participating in the in the program. So I definitely think if you're thinking you're on the fence, but you're more of a new newbie in all of this and you're still kind of training your eye. And I think linear appraisal is a great way to help you see the parts of a goat and where not necessarily ideal is because there is no ideal on the linear appraisal scale, but to see kind of how the numbers fall and pick your numbers roughly of what you like in the range of, I mean, 
thinking back to the episode we did with Mark Baden, you know, the 40, 40, 40 utter and why that works for him. And then some people with dairy, you know, with dairy strength may want it to have it more in the 30 range or maybe even, you know, closer to 27 or something. There's the numbers have to kind of work more for your program. So I think the first thing is always, if you can find somebody who is willing to let you come to their herd and watch because the pressure is not there and you can, you know, learn on somebody else's animals and you're not worried about presenting your animals and things like that. And then I am a huge proponent of DHIR and getting that data, but it's also a commitment. So if you're struggling between putting resources out to feed the best feeds that you have available or getting weights on your goat, by all means, feed your goat better than get the weights, you know, than collecting the weights on your milk. And there are way, you know, you can invest in a scale. And I mean, the short of what DHIR is, is tracking how much weight your, or how much milk your dough is producing. So it might be doing it and weighing the milk and going, okay, you know, keeping track on your barn records. All right. So and building your lactation curve versus, um, you know, doing the official program. And I mean, the components are good and the somatic cell information is good. And, but you just, sometimes you get overwhelmed with data. So if I guess long, long tangent short, (laughs) if you're still building your management program and kind of still trying to be happy with the goats you see in your barn, maybe participating isn't necessarily the right answer, but there are some components that you can partake in that might be better for where you are. And then when it is time to start milk testing or linear appraising, you are that much further ahead in your knowledge base and you're not stressed that, oh, I'm not feeding my goats right. And that's going to influence their milk production or how they look for linear appraisal. Right. I agree. Um, next one. Ryan C asks, so if either one of you had to walk away from goats and the goat world entirely, and this is for any type of reason, what kind of impact would it make in your lives? Do you think? Oh, and now it's my turn to start an answer. Darn it. Mm -hmm. Um, you're throwing it right back at me. Um, well, at the very least, it would definitely be a conversation starter um, because there's not many people when you're outside of kind of that go agricultural sphere that completely understand or would even realize that you can have dairy goats and kind of like we talked about yesterday that dairy goats aren't just tin can eating button heads animals that they're an amazing species, but so at the very least, that would be the minimum impact. But I also think that I've learned crazy and valuable skills while being involved in dairy goats. Um, it's given me a voice that I don't know if I would necessarily have had. It's given me comfortability to be 
out in public. Um, I mean, taking a mic and talking on a microphone and to whoever's listening and I mean, in podcasting and judging, um, that kind of thing. And so it's given me that. And then I also think that, and I saw this a lot kind of as you were creating this podcast because of COVID and being upset that the goat shows were going away. Um, I also think kind of COVID also showed that some of the friendships you make with dairy goats are not your, you meet because you have dairy goats, but those friendships exist for so much more. And it's not about the dairy goats. The dairy goats are just kind of the, um, the addition to the fire of your friendship. So I think walking away, even if I was the next, you know, the next, you know, tomorrow, I think I would have, you know, lifelong friends and skills and also just perseverance that people that haven't been around goats or struggled through nursing a goat back to health just wouldn't even imagine. Oh, for sure. I like that. That's a good answer. Um, What do you think? Well, Tierney would be much happier um, that we can, like, you know, leave the property for hours on end and do whatever we want all the time. Um, You know, sometimes, especially if you don't grow up in farming, um, that can be difficult to kind of figure out as, as you, your herd grows and everything. Um, I would have to find something to anchor onto. Right. So like, I have a very addictive personality where like I'm all in. So I'd probably spend more time hunting uh, because that used to be my, my jam. Um, I still hunt, but not as nearly as much as I used to. Um, But yeah, I would have, I would have to find like an outlet for my enthusiasm. Um, So yeah, it would be a sad existence for a little while, uh, but I would figure out life. Yeah, no, makes sense. Well said. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, we see it, you know, you see it day in and day out. There's, um, you know, people have to do, you know, kind of what, you know, different people have different paths and different journeys. And sometimes the goats have to take, uh, you know, they're no take longer. Take a backseat. Take a backseat. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. All, All right. right. Well, what, what, what do you got for me? All right. So now my next question is. On a completely different note. So Faith asks, I know John has in the past made fun of Danielle for watching Twilight, but who has actually watched one of the Twilight movies more recently? I feel like this was a mole. Like you, you, you were like, Hey, Faith, ask this question. I don't Uh, know. uh, Well, okay. When was the last time that you watched any Twilight? (laughs) Um, I will say I don't think I've seen the last several movies. So, and I will say I have the receipts and I think, was it February 14th for you? 
Wow. Like you went back and like looked at the date, huh? No, okay. because you were giving me an excuse that that was why you were watching it was because it was Valentine's Day weekend or something like that. <laughs> but that uh, was his excuse. Listen, Edward and Jacob are cuties, right? And them fighting over Belle is just like, how romantic is that, right? I mean, is what did I say, Belle? Yeah. I'm sorry. I think you went beauty. I, there. I'm sorry. I haven't gone to my uh, monthly uh, Twilight Club meeting in a while, so um, you know, I'm kind of rusty. You have dairy goats. It's keeping you busy. <laughs> exactly. Um, listen, they're they're solid movies. They're not great. The acting is, you know, questionable, especially uh, uh, Kristen Stewart or Kirsten Stewart, whatever her name is. Um, but I love those TikToks where people are like making fun of how how she her mannerisms in those movies. It's great. Uh, but but yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen it more recently than you. Okay, I said it out loud. Are you happy? I, I'm I'm wonderful now. Life is good. You're like I'm speechless. Is that our last question? Can we close up? <laughs> oh no, no no no. We have we have way more. Well, not way more, but a few more. <laughs> and now I have to think of a good one here hmm okay you know dead air that's great uh full house farm asks what would your advice be for an 18 year old who is considering being an adga judge pros and cons and suggestions and that's perfect for you because you are a judge i am i am a judge and i would say Go for it. But the thing about it is make sure you're comfortable with the knowledge as you're coming into the judges training. And so kind of the knowledge you should know is um, a lot of the show section of the scorecard. If you know the points in the points of the scorecard, if you know the general defects and disqualifications, that'll go a long way and make a lot of your studying less stressful. Um, so that's definitely something I suggest. And then I would be comfortable giving reasons as well. So being able to say, okay, one is placing over two for the advantage she has in the romp, particularly being more nearly level from thorough to thorough, or she's straighter in those four legs. Um, just practice the terminology that's in the guidebook as well. And that'll help you a long way. Um, it is a stressful process and it is something that it's, it's not the testing and the training itself is not necessarily fun. And (laughs) there is a lot of nerves and at play, but afterwards, once you get your license, you're able to go out and, appreciate goats all over the country. And that was honestly something that really clicked with me at one of the judges trainings I attended was you're not judging the goats, you're appreciating them. And changing that mindset really, really helped me to see goats better. And then also um, to really realize what we're doing as a judge in this industry. Um, And then the other thing is a suggestion I have is Make sure you're comfortable um, 
just giving reasons and um, kind of out loud. And if that means while you're milking, you take the two does that you're milking on the stand and going, okay, all right, this one's mammary system is better. And so why? And, you know, placing it one over two and kind of going through that, that always helps me. And the other thing is you don't have to become a judge right at 18. Do a pre-TC, audit the uh, the judge's training and see what it is and do it when you're ready. And when you're ready, you know, you'll know exactly what you need to do for it. So um, you don't necessarily have to rush in. Perfect. Yeah, you mm-hmm. answered that well, and I'm not a judge, so I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> uh, so you're up. Okay. Um, so let's kind of, let's talk shows just really quick. Um, Jacqueline asks, shaving a goat for a show, what blades do you use, techniques, etc.? Sure. Um, so for shows, I yesterday clipped a Guernsey with a 10. Um, and I usually do 10s like 10 days out since it was my Guernsey and she's not really going to be in the show ring. I just got that hair off her, um, and you know, help make her a little bit cooler and, and it'll be growing in nice for um, national show to be on exhibit. Uh, for my Oberhasli, I'll do either a seven, seven days before the show or I'll do a 10, 10 days to 11 days before the show. Uh, I'll probably use a seven for nationals if I had to be honest. Um, I might hit my fat dough, my fat dry yearling with a uh, 10, trying to take off as much of those pounds as I can. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we, we do a seven and we do that blade all the way up, you know, throughout the body. Um, and then, so if I'm using a seven and then like I'm doing the, the hooves, you know, the hair that grows from the foot down to the hoof wall, um, I'll trim the, the feet and hooves up with a 10 just cause it gets a little closer. I'll do underneath the pasterns, uh, with a 10, um, you know, any scraggly hairs that are around do claws, all that stuff with tens, uh, everything else will get a seven. If I'm using a 10, everything gets a 10. If I'm cold weather clipping, um, I just, I'll use a seven or something that'll leave a little bit more length of hair, but, and it's not for the full body. It's just to clean up legs, um, you know, deestuction, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's what I do. Um, and I also, for my Oberhasli, I'll go against the hair, um, just cause it clips way easier and it doesn't. You know, some people go with the hair I go against. So that's what I do. Cool. I actually have, I was working with my 4-Hers on this and I actually started a document. So maybe I'll send it to you and we'll make it a little more complete and then post it on the resource section as well. Because I think this like Tyranny's show list would just be a helpful thing um, to add. So that might be something to look forward to in the future. I pretty much always do a 10 just because I'm want it to blend with my big clippers and mm-hmm. the big clippers I use. I've tried to do what would be the equivalent to a seven blade. And I just really haven't had much luck getting the right length. And so particularly in those early season cuts, 
doing a body with the big clipper and the legs and feet with a smaller clipper and doing a seven. I just can't quite get it to blend like I would like. And then the show is that much sooner um, based on when we're shaving and things like that. But I do the, I always try and do my body first so that this way I can get as much hair as possible with the bigger clippers. And it also helps me kind of blend a little bit because my big clippers are even though they're supposed to be similar enough to attend or attend, they're not quite the same. So like if I were to go over with my big clippers on the neck and then take a little clipper to do a patch, you can see the difference, especially if it's like that day or whatever. So um, I tend to do that and I use the 10 for the legs, the feet, the face. I will go in and take a 50 for my udder, especially when I'm not razor shaving it. Um, and then I'll also use that 50 to get around the ears. I mean, I have the Nubian, so there's always extra hair on their ears and, um, I'll try and take that excess hair out. And then if I really want to kind of polish off the dough or it's been a bit since she had a clip. So let's say I shaved her first show that was maybe three weeks ago. So probably slightly past where I would want to be, but not enough you know, it's a club show and not enough to give her a second cut. Um, I might take my 50 and just do the line of their hoof. So kind of where that hair meets the hoof and make that really sharp as well. And just kind of take that and do a really precise cut with that. So that's what I do for um, clipping and always oil your blades up. Cool lube is also your friend. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, make sure those clippers are taken care of. A lot of people say, wash your goat beforehand and it saves your blades. I feel like that's a do as I say, not as I do thing, at least for my herd. But, um, you know, that's just, I I don't know. I I always try and. Yeah, exactly. So in, I, I'm suggesting wash your goats beforehand, but um, in all honesty, most of the time, it just, that doesn't come to fruition before I'm clipping mine. Yeah. Yeah, no, I only wash mm-hmm. mine if they, um, we have in their dry lot, there's a pine tree and they'll get pine tar on them. So then I kind of have to. Okay. It just is a nightmare. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'll wash uh, mine see. before a show. Oh, no! Go ahead, go ahead. Oh. No, no, I'll wash mine before a show, but just like more so, so that this way my goats are clean for showing and not for clean for sh- clipping. But that's just me, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Angela says, "Keep up the great work. Your podcasts make the Monday four thirty a.m. farm chores." before rushing into the office, more tolerable. My question for John and Danielle, what goat is your all-time unicorn and why? doesn't have to be in your herd. Hmm. See, I was trying to figure out who that answer would be, and I don't know if I have a good answer for that, unfortunately, right now. I... I think if you look at my breeding program, I'm doing a lot on 
uh, J&R Spirits cover girl. And, but I think that's more, I really like what her sons are doing than um, necessarily. Like, I mean, she was a gorgeous doe, don't get me wrong, but I think I like the offspring more than the doe. And I guess right now, so, okay, now actually I do have an answer to this. Um, I think based on kind of how I work my herd and adding animals, it's always really been bucks. So I think my focus is always on bucks. And I will say ever since I started, I've always loved, um, patchwork farms, D Dodgers. I think it's his, is either his dam or his sister that you see in all the pictures. And she was prob she probably is like, or at least was my ideal. Um, and so there's a, it's a, yeah, she's an older Nubian and I think it's Dominique is who it was, but that was kind of my first, like, Ooh, this is a really nice goat. And so I think that one just kind of stuck with me and, I don't necessarily yeah. even know if Dodger, who's a Nubian for anybody who is unfamiliar, I don't necessarily know if he would be and like his offspring would be competitive right now. Um, I it, I don't know if it, if it's really there. I mean, there. It, but at the same time, that was kind of that was the first Nubian that really was like, ah, so <laughs> where everybody was just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sure. At least for me, that was my that was my first one. So Okay. What yeah. about you? I mean, I've got a couple. So uh okay. like, I'm just gonna go off what I know and what I like. Um they're my unicorns. Uh so uh my first one is uh Hay Creek's Kane Stradivaria. Um she was a beautiful doe, uh owned by our friend Morgan Allen of the show. Um, she was a 2018 national champion. Uh, really appreciate that, though. I think um, it's a very nice style. You know, she's not too overconditioned and she's not too, um, you know, unbalanced. She's just very, very balanced, though. So I, I appreciated her when she won. And, um, you know, it was right when I was like getting into Oberhasley. So, like, that was the first doe where I was like, holy cow, right? And then in the same mm-hmm. year, the same year, uh, Oberhasley uh, Reserve National Champion, of course, was uh, Overboard uh, T Venti, and she, I mean, she had a forerunner that was a mile long, um, just as you know, not the biggest goat in the world, but she was just so balanced, just so correct. I mean, beautiful depth for her size, and and just a wonderfully put together goat. So I always loved her and then my current like i got them all at the you know the top of my head here uh the the current one that (laughs) the the current one that like i'm really like gaga over and um you know do i think she'll go national champion i mean i wish but um is overboard t-wind valkyrie um who is just a stellar doe um it has a lot going for her uh, she was second place first utter last year at nationals. And I think that she'll have a good year again this year. And, you know, um, I tend to, if, if I can't get a son out of the does that I like, 
like a lot, um, then I'll try to get something that's very close. And I've done that with the three doughs that I've just mentioned. Um, and they're all complement each other very well, these doughs, and they all have their gives and takes. And for me, those are like my, my creme de la creme. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. So that, that's cool. who I like. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, I guess I'll ask this one. It's a little bit long, but we'll go for it. Uh, Ryan, did I ask the last one? I asked the last one. I was going to do it again and you were going to let me. Yeah, I figured at this point, you know, it was a losing battle. <laughs> no, go ahead. All right. Um, all right. So my next question comes from Grace, and she asks, when is John going to get a La Mancha? Um, she must be talking about a different John, because this one's with an H. So oh, I'm okay. Sure. Okay. Um, we're not going to blame uh, <laughs> We're not going to blame Siri for that one as well. Right, right. Uh, I like good a good La Mancha. I do, and I've been increasingly interested in the breed. Um, when I see a good one, I'm like, wow, I, I like that a lot. Um, but we have Guernseys, and we have Oberhotsley, and we have Experimentals. So do we need a fourth breed? Probably not. If Tierney were to be like, oh, hey, you know, I, I'm not loving the Guernseys anymore. Let's get Aliens. Then I'll be like, yeah, La Mancha, but... She doesn't care for the the quote unquote no ears. They have ears, I know. Calm down, people. But um, yeah, that's that's a losing battle. So um, I mean, Grace can buy me a La Mancha and keep it at her place, and then we'll just you know register it in my name. It's great. There you go. Sounds I just like solved a good it. Plan. Solved it. Yeah. Problem solved. Look at us. Yeah. We're answering <laughs> questions, solving all the issues in the world. And it's not, we haven't even been at this for an hour today. I know, we're killing it. I know. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Ryan C. asks, when do you start training uh, the Dairy Goats to walk for a show? Uh, what methods go into it? How much time are you spending on it? What happens if... You have a goat that would rather lay down and choke itself out versus walk for you. Um, do you call it or just not show it? Like, what, what, what's your what's your goal with your goats for that? So my biggest tip is put a collar on them and put a collar on early and obviously have a collar that can pop off if it gets caught. So they're not you're not running the risk of strangulation, but. I put collars on all of my kids when they're very young and that most of the time makes such a world of difference because they're not fighting a collar when you go to put a collar on for the first time. They've already been led around with that collar on and they know how to act and so they'll walk a little better. I also think, at least for my Nubians, the biggest issue is patience and they would rather not stand still. And so if you can teach that doe to stand still, that's half your battle. And so for the does that maybe you can't necessarily get their back feet and they just don't want to do that. What I recommend doing is starting with their head and making sure their head is facing the direction you want it to be and just 
keep moving that head back into place. Don't worry about the body as you're training and then kind of work your way back slowly. So once that doe knows when that collar is up, her head should be straight. You start working on her front feet. And once you can get the head straight and the front feet straight, then you start working on the back and you try and get that, you know, you chine the doe. And then when she's comfortable with that, then you start working on the back legs and because she's just a little bit more comfortable stopping. And by the time you get to those back legs, she's like, oh, I know I'm supposed to stand still. So you moving my back leg isn't the end of the world. Um, But I also recognize that some animals just aren't show goats. And they, for whatever reason, they don't like to show. And I, I, so some does just I promise them I finish them really quick and they don't have to leave the barn ever again. And that seems to kind of work well for them and they're happy and they really appreciate at four in the morning when I go to pull out my does to take them to the show because my does see the trailer there and they go, shoot, it's show day where, you know, it's you're here before before it's light out. The trailer is right there. We're going to a show And the ones that really don't like to show, they let it be known and those ones stay home. But I also have a big enough herd where that can happen. So yeah, finding the does that want to be there, I think is a big thing, but making sure they're used to a collar in their day-to-day life is a huge help. You mean you don't just drag them around the ring until they pass out? weird no more so of i lead them in my barn from they run to the milk stand themselves but i take my dough off the milk stand and put her in her pen so she knows how to walk on a collar um Mm -hmm. and she does that every day so that not necessarily the behaviors in the show but the day-to-day go a long way for for sure how they behave you betcha yeah. So what about, what are your tips? Uh, well, we kind of just fly by the seat of our pants in this household. Um, we, the first show of the year, we take as many juniors as we want. And usually it's all of them. And they learn in the first ring, sorry, first judge, uh, how to walk on a collar. And it's kind of just kind of like, you know, sink or swim. Um, and then by the second ring, they're usually, we also, guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to pause here. We also have Oprah Hosley, so they're a little bit better to teach how to walk um, than Nubians and Nigerians. Uh, but, yeah, so we, we, we just, you know, kind of just go for it. Now, I will say that I have two doe kids that are being taught how to walk better because – one was, you know, she was just a baby at, at the last show. So, yeah, she's still got to learn a little bit. And then the other one, Tierney wants to show at nationals. So they kind of got to figure each other out. Um, now, I do have one doe in my barn that is an absolute brat. Don't know how she finished, but because she's just a brat in the ring. And that's Jem. And guess what? She's part Nubian. <laughs> she's oh my she's goodness all right i guess so i was bad. Doing it just as good as i was getting it today but <laughs> yeah right 
uh, no. So I've been working with her every day after milking her because, you know, most does, they don't want to be messed with before they're milked, right? They want to be milked and then, right. you know, do whatever. She is like, I don't know what you're doing, bro, but this is not what we're doing right now. Like, I'll be pretty later, but I want to go back to the barn. And she just throws her head around and acts like a brat. Um, so Nationals is going to be super interesting in the ring with her. Hopefully she's like, oh, man, look at this. We're at a show finally. You know, I'm a pending permanent champion. I've been collecting dust in the barn. I'm in a show ring again. So we'll see. Who knows? Right. Oh, I swear mine act totally different in the barn than they do in the show ring. And I think it's all kind of goes into, oh, wait, my food's over here and my friends are over here and I don't need to do this. I don't want to do this. Where in the show ring, it's, yeah, oh, this is a new environment. Oh, my feet hit the shavings. It's time to shine. I don't think that's going to happen with Jim, but we'll see. Maybe she'll surprise me. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. So... (laughs) All right. So I have one last question if you're ready for it. Uh, Listen, I'm game. Let's do it. All right. So what's next for the podcast? That's a intriguing question and thought provoking question. Um, I think uh, hopefully only good things are next for the podcast. Um, You know, we've been working out some things. Um, some exciting things, some of them for months. Um, so we'll see if those come to fruition. But uh, in the near future, um, we are going to, I guess I am actually the one that's a glutton for punishment and not Danielle, but we're going to make a YouTube video uh, for nationals, um, you know, after nationals. So that's going to be a lot of people will see a lot of me filming stuff here and there. Um and yeah, it's going to be a lot of work, but I think for what I'm thinking in my head, it would be kind of cool. And yeah, the, I think that's the next big project after nationals and after uh, national dairy goat awareness week. Um, but for the future, like who knows, like it's kind of sky's the limit. Like we're still kind of grasping what we're doing here. If you would, do you agree, Danielle? No, that's exactly um, how, what I was—I was just gonna, about to say. The sky's the limit, and everyone's just going to have to wait and see where we go and what we do next. And I mean, there's always something in the works, and so I'm excited for the future. That's for sure. And I think going to nationals this year is going to be an amazing opportunity as the podcast just being able to meet different people and not necessarily only looking for people who maybe have your breed and have pretty goats but framing it on who would be interesting to bring in and who has a story to tell and so incorporating those people into the podcast and you know sharing their voices and then going from there and just bringing you more stories with breeders or um, conversations with industry experts or trying to figure out what else we can hit on and maybe even branching out a little bit and 
bringing in things that maybe we wouldn't have thought of at first, but um, could definitely help out our programs. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's like it's it's just always going to be exciting. I feel, I hope, and when it doesn't get excited, you know, become an exciting thing anymore, then you know, then we'll have to reflect. But for me, um, yeah, that's that's I feel the same way. Yeah. So everybody will just have to wait and see what we do in the next hundred episodes and beyond. <laughs> and beyond. Uh, <laughs> Wait, does that mean we can get, oh my gosh, that might be what we do. Um, Chris Evans is now the new Buzz Lightyear. So maybe we need to get him on the podcast. I don't know. Listen, like listen, it, you know, listen, listen. And beyond. Kevin Bacon is, is, a rough one to get and he has goats you want me just like reach out is it chris evans or chris pratt dude it's chris evans are you sure chris pratt was no oh no chris pratt's playing the new mario in the mario movie that's coming out well that's fitting that's fitting chris pratt is kind of a yeah i think of a he's not the coolest chris so Mm, see, I'll agree to disagree. I think that he was hilarious in Parks and Rec. Oh, and well, that's just me. Deep cuts okay, right now. Like, People are like, "What's Kevin, that?" What? People are like, "What's that?" What's People are like, "Oh God, they're off top topic again." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turn this off. Yeah, but. like, all right, guys, you've been talking for an hour. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess we should wrap it up. I do want to say thank you to everybody that has been with us for the 100 episodes. And I really appreciate this community that we've built, which is, you know, on Facebook, close to 1300 people now. Um, And yeah, I just I look forward every week bringing you guys content and uh, hopefully, you know, it's enjoyable. Uh, The one thing I will say is um, Danielle and I don't ask for much at all uh, from our community. It When we, at the end of the episode, plug, hey, um, why don't you rate us on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a review? Like, w- listen, we're not getting money from it or anything, but it, it definitely helps the algorithm. And, like, I know it sounds silly, and, you know, we're not, like, you don't have to, but if you feel so inclined and you enjoy what you're listening to or have constructive criticism that you'd like to leave there uh, please do i mean uh, it really does help out the podcast itself um and help others that might not be aware discover us uh so yeah that's my my two two second thing spiel today right <laughs> exactly so yeah please feel for please if you and it also you know makes us happy to see the feedback and um kind of you know motivates us sometimes and um so yeah, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, perfect. Um, and also, you, know, you go to dairygopodcast.com, check out past podcasts, check out our merch, all that good stuff. Um, we won't, I mean, we can plug the socials if you want, Daniel, but I mean, this is National Dairy Goat Awareness Week. They'll hear a bunch of times, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, <laughs> and as always... We're ringside in American Dairy Goat podcast. You know, you search us, you'll find us. We're there. 
Yeah, for sure. Tomorrow, you can look forward to hearing from uh, the ADGA Youth Representative Alicia Bowren. And Friday, we'll be having another awesome topic for y'all. So I'll close it up. Awesome 100th episode. I appreciate everybody again. Danielle, thank you so much. This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. And I'm Danielle. We'll catch you on the next one. One, two, three, four. Oh, we're starting at four. Oh. Okay, let's do it again. One, two, three, four. It's Ringside Dairy Goat Awareness Week. Sitting at the tippity top of the peak. Danielle doesn't know John's doing this, so we'll see if she even notices. Hey, maybe it'll be a hit, but regardless, I hope you're liking it. It's the stuff you didn't know you need, like a new buck dough or type of feed, huh? Maybe a large iced coffee. So, I better go, before I get in any trouble. We'll catch you tomorrow for another day. Talking about dairy goats in various ways. Huh. Wow. That was that was fun. Farmer John checking out. I might be uh, looking for a new co-host after this, uh, because I'm not sure how Danielle's gonna like this. But uh it's all in good fun, right? Anyway, catch you tomorrow guys. <laughs>